Praise you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, I praise you. Yes, I praise you. How I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy. So you're worthy, so worthy. Oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Oh, the heavens and Speak to us. Holy Spirit. 
Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Oh, otherwise the whole worship, whole service will be in vain. We ask you that you will minister to each one of our hearts. You know our level, Lord, and you know all our anxieties, all our needs, all our wants. Oh, Spirit of the Living God, you are here, Jesus. Our hearts are like an open book before you. Oh, my Father. Nothing can be hidden. Nothing can be hidden. Lord, you see us as we are. Even the parts that we do not want to see, you see them. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we pray. May healing take place tonight, Lord. Especially Hallelujah. for the hearts of your people, I ask you. Hallelujah. Lord, all the wounds, Lord, all the wounds deep within their hearts. Oh, Lord, I pray. May you heal them, oh, Lord. All the memories, Lord, that needs to be erased, oh, Lord, I pray. Spirit of the living God. You will erase it out of their lives, oh, Lord. Holy Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, Thank where you. forgiveness needs to take place, yes, Spirit of the Living God, yes. I pray that you move your children, Lord, to initiate forgiveness. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, where reconciliation needs to take place, Spirit of the Living God, I pray. Oh, that you will cause your people, Lord, to take a step forward toward that. Hallelujah. Yes. And I pray to break every stony heart with your divine hammer, oh Lord, I pray. Hallelujah. Break it, oh Lord, so that you seek and penetrate, oh Father. Glory. Remove every Glory. rocky ground of yes, Lord, give each one of your children, oh Lord. Oh, a good ground, oh Lord. A heart. May their hearts receive, Lord, the truth, oh God. Thank yes, you. yes. Oh, yes. Spirit of the living God, I pray. Lord, let not the enemy take the word out of their hearts. Pray, cause your children to preserve it, to treasure it, Lord, treasure it, to cherish it, oh Lord, deep within their hearts, so that they may bring forth much fruit, oh Lord. We Hallelujah. thank you. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. The light unto our path. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back again in God's presence. That's what makes a difference, right? Amen. Where Jesus is, that's where we want to be. Amen. We want to be like the woman in the Bible who said, I'm going to leave everything and I'm going to be intentional in sitting at the feet of Jesus. There were two sisters in the Bible. Two sisters and one brother. One chose, she made a very deliberate choice to actually sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus came there often. She knew the importance of sitting at the feet of Jesus. One said, okay, I'm going to engage myself in activities. I'm going to try to make food. I'm going to try to clean up. I'm going to try to prepare this place. The other one said, you know what is more valuable? I'm going to take time to sit in the presence of the Lord. That's what we're doing now. We can all be doing a lot of different things, right? But we have chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because the feet of Jesus alone can give us everything that we need. No president, no king, no queen, no billionaire. Number one, rich person in the world can do anything that God can do for us. They can give some money. Can money satisfy everything? No, it cannot. It cannot actually give us what we really need deep within our hearts. But God sees us as we are. While we were praying, the Spirit of the Lord was showing me some of your hearts. Deeply wounded. Deeply wounded hearts. God wants to heal tonight. We're going to go through some verses. God has brought us to the end of this year, right? We are at the end of this year. 
God has been faithful to us. Each and every day he has been taking us. A lot of us by a hand. Many of us, we do not want to even get up in the morning to see the day. You know what Jesus did for you? Jesus took your hand from your bed. He woke you up and he said, my daughter, this is another day, take another step. With me, you can do all things. When we say, Lord, I cannot take another step. I don't want to breathe another breath. The Lord says, with me, we can do it. <coughs> That's what makes the big difference in our lives. It's not just us walking alone. King David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because thou art with me. That's the difference. A lot of people walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A lot of people walk through the valley of death itself. But if Jesus goes with you, you can go through anything. Whether it's the shadow of death or whether it's the valley of death. With Jesus, we can be overcomers. How did those three people in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how were they when they were thrown into the fire? God was with them. Amen. Through the furnace, even though it was heated so many times, and it was so hot, even the people who threw them in, they got consumed. But these people came out even without the smell of the smoke on them. That's the greatness of our Lord. Do we really believe Him? Do we really trust in what He is offering us tonight? So the Lord gave me a word last night. And um, this is about a king in the Old Testament. We're going to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 3 to 5. That's going to be a key text. And this is going to be a promise for you which the Lord is giving you for the new year. So hold on to this word that God has given. 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 3 to 5. As we go through God's word... You're going to see what God wants to convey to you and what God wants to bless you with in the coming year. What I do is when the Lord gives me a promise, I hold on to it. Throughout the year, whatever circumstance I go through, I'll say, Lord, you gave this promise. He who is promised is faithful and he will do it. So it depends on us. Do we have trust in him? Second Chronicles 17 verses 3 to 5. I'm going to read from um, the NLT, New Living Translation. You know, if you have NIV, it doesn't matter whatever translation is. You know, the meaning is the same. Um, 2 Chronicles 17, verses 3 to 5. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. Verse 4. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. Number five, so the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. All the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so he became very wealthy and highly esteemed. Now there are certain things over here where we can highlight in our Bibles. What Jehoshaphat did was, he said, God, I want you to be with me. 
He chose the Lord to be with him. When we make Jesus Christ our choice, we say, Lord, I want you to be with me. The Lord says, as long as you want me to be with you, I'll be with you. I will be with you. And we're going to see the blessings when God is with us. What will God do in your life and in my life? It's not like we are having somebody with us who's going to tell us, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. You know, when you turn right, say, oh, right is wrong, turn left. When you turn to left, no, no, look straight. That's not what God is all about. If he is cheering our boat, he is cheering us so that we can reach the safety. When he says, my child, don't go that way, that means he knows that there's a line in the way. It's like a loving father. He watches over us and he says, okay, you're walking. We have a one-year-old, right? And when the baby is on the bed, when he walks, or even when he used to crawl, when he comes a little bit even to the middle of the bed, what do we do? Oh, no, you don't. We put him in the middle. Because we know he looks at something that's on the floor that really grabbed his attention. And he wants that so bad. We pick him up and put him in the middle. What does he do? Goes right back. Goes right back, and then when we put him there, he cries. He wails. <laughs> he says, I want it. You know, that's the cry. And he twists and he turns. Do I let him go? Say, oh, okay, go get it. No. We put him right back in the middle. That's exactly what God does. God says, when you turn to the right, or when you turn to the left, this is the way. Walk in it. You will hear God tell you. <coughs> you know, we need to be open. Open to the voice of God. Open to receive his word. Open to what he wants to tell us, which way he wants to lead us. He's never going to take us by our neck and say, you have to go through this way. Our God is a very good God. He gives us the freedom to choose him. We don't want anybody to um, love us by force, right? We don't want, we're not going to tell somebody, you have to love me. No, we don't want that. We want love from their own heart to choose us because they want to choose us, right? That's exactly how God is. He wants us to choose him because we want to choose him. And he says, when you choose me, you know what I'll do for you? That's what we're going to see. The Lord established Jehoshaphat. When the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, three things happened. The first thing was the Lord established Jehoshaphat. Number two, the Lord exalted Jehoshaphat. Number three, the Lord prospered Jehoshaphat. That's the promise the Lord wants to give us for this new year. If we choose the Lord to be with us, and we say, Lord, I want you to be with me throughout 2014, God will establish you no matter how things look. I don't know where I'm going to go 2014. I don't know where I will be 2014. Lord, everything looks bleak. The Lord says, I will establish you. That's a promise from God. If Jesus would come and stand right before you and looks at your face and he says, 2014, my daughter, if you hold on to me, if I would be with you, if you give me that choice, I will establish you. I will establish you. That's number one. Number two, the Lord will exalt you. Just like he did for Jehoshaphat. God will exalt you. God won't say, okay, i like you to be the way you are. Just be the way you are and keep crying to me. Every time you cry, I'll give you a little bit and keep you that way. You know, some people are like that. You might have come across people like that 
who are like control freaks, who would really <laughs> want to keep people under their control. So they'll make them cry and then give a little bit, and then it'll be like a string attached. Make them come back, cry, and then give a little bit. Then cry some more, give a little bit. You'll never feel that freedom. Never really feel love. It's, it's abuse. God is not like that. If you had a black background like that, if you had a relationship before like that, or relationships before like that, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. The Lord says, don't compare me to your past experience. Do not compare me. I am not your ex-boyfriend. I am not your ex-husband. I am not. Some people have ex-fathers <laughs> and ex-mothers. God is not like that. God loves you more than you know. Just write it down. He loves you more than you know. He loves you more than you can understand. The Lord says, when you come to me, I want to see you prosper. I want to exalt you. I want to make you my trophy. Show to the world what God can do. Didn't God do that to many people in the Bible? People in the Bible where they were nothing. You know the life of Jabez, right? When he went to God, what God did? He made him more honorable than his brother. God blessed David. He made him more honorable than his brother. Whatever it is, God says this evening, whatever your past is, whatever your hurts are, <coughs> whatever your conception of who God is, up until this point, God says, push it aside. God is going to show you who he really is. Our God is a God of love, a God of justice. If you're seeking justice in your life, know for sure he'll bring justice for you. If injustice has been done to you, God will make sure he'll bring justice to you. You need to hold on to the Lord. We can't like run away and expect God to give anything. Right? We have to be under his care, under his protection. As long as you and I are citizens of the United States of America, we have certain protection. Right? We have certain rights. If we say, okay, I'm going to give up our citizenship and say, I'm going to go away to another country, will this government protect us if something happens to us? No. The same way, if we make our choice to follow Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I want to be in your camp. <coughs> I'm not going to the other side. We have two camps, right? One is the camp of the enemy. The other one is the camp of the Lord. But if we choose and say, Lord, I want to be in your camp, the Lord says, I will establish you. That's number one. You can take it as a promise. If Jesus would come and stand directly to you and say, my daughter, whatever your name is, I will establish you. You may think, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know if I'm going to have a future. I don't know... I'm not stable myself. I can't even trust myself. I can't even depend. Nobody can depend on me. I'm not dependable. The Lord says, just be on this side. Be on the side of the Lord and see what God can do. God will establish you. So I want to show you what Jehoshaphat did to actually show that he was with the Lord. What did Jehoshaphat do? What was so remarkable about Jehoshaphat that God of heaven and earth established him. How did he establish him? And how did God settle him? How did God exalt him? And how did God prosper him? 
We all want to be established, right? Yes. We don't, nobody wants to be just wandering around, no. We all want to be established. We all want to be exalted, right? Nobody wants to be a doormat. We all want to be prospered. These are the things that God has put in our hearts, longing that God can only meet. The real prosperity, the, the real exaltation, the real establishing comes only from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Only He can provide for us all our needs, our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our mental needs, our emotional needs. Only God can do. Somebody can give us money. Maybe some psychiatrist can maybe do something psychologically, give some therapy. Nobody can heal us. Nobody can heal our inward scar. Nobody can erase our past. Nobody can make us turn and look at our past and just look at it as if an outsider would look at it with no pain inside. Jesus can do that. You believe that? God can do that. In spite of all the paths, different paths that we have walked through, God says today, I am able to do exceeding abundantly through all that you ask or imagine. Now, some of you can say, I don't even feel like imagining anything. <laughs> I don't even feel that I'm worth anything. I don't even feel that I can do anything. I have no talents. I have no skills. Some of you can think like that. You know what the Lord says? Don't worry. That's not your problem. That's my problem. Your problem should be staying with Jesus. Think about staying with Jesus. If you're with the Lord, the Lord will be with you. I want to read that verse. It's in chapter 15, 2 Chronicles 15, verse 1. Let's read that before we just go further down. We just want to really take it slowly in, chew it. You know, like they say, if you really chew well and eat your food, you really digest it, and you get all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the nourishment. You know, opposed to somebody who really gulps it down. God's word is like that. Anytime we rush through, we really miss a lot. But we really take some time to go through what God wants to convey. What is he really trying to convey? You know, how many of us have come across people, they will say one thing. This person will be paying attention to something else. They will take what they said completely in different meaning, different context, and go and tell it to somebody in a whole different way. We don't want to be like that with God, right? We don't want to read partially. We don't want to read a statement. We don't want to run away with something. We end up fooling ourselves. But we want to really read what God has for us. What did Jesus tell us from his word? So let's read Second Chronicles 15 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa. Now, King Asa was Jehoshaphat's dad. And as he was returning from the battle, this prophet is actually meeting King Asa. He says, verse 2, Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel sought him out, they found him. Amen. So, many of us are like that. We didn't get that much instruction about who the living God was, or who the living God is. We didn't have somebody to teach. We were just 
having our own image of who God was, and we were doing our own thing. But God, he sends his word to us by different means. Right? God has brought you to this place. God might have sent somebody else to give you the gospel. Whatever way it is, God's word comes to us. And this is what God says. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Like I said, God doesn't want us. God doesn't want to stay with us if we don't want him. Right? We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want to stay with somebody if they don't want us. So God is the same way. He will stay with us as long as we say, Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you to stay with me. Lord, be with me. And he is delighted to stay with us. And then the Lord says, whenever you seek him, you will find him. I was talking, I was giving um, God's word in Teen Challenge in Brooklyn. And I was telling them, a lot of times, God is right before us. God is right in front of us. You know what we do many times? We just completely turn the opposite way. We do our own thing. Like a little child, you know. We turn around and we do our own thing. All of a sudden we say, Mommy, where's Mommy? Started crying. We do the same thing. God was all along in front of us. You know what we did? We turned our backs to the living God. Many times we turned our backs to the living God. And we started doing our own thing. And then we get hurt. And then we ask, God, where are you? Do you have eyes? Do you have ears? What kind of a God you are? How can you let something like this happen to me? God said, God was there. I was there. You were not there. You turned around. But now you're choosing to turn back to me. And the Lord says, with his wide open arm, he says, I want to give you a hug. I want to take you in my arms. I want to comfort you. I want to really show you what a true father can do. I want to really show you the love of a mother. I want to really take you in my arms and be everything for you. Whatever you're longing for. Do you know Jesus can fill that void? God can fill that void. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He says, as long as you stay with him, he will stay with you. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. So remember this verse, wherever you go in your life, as long as Jesus Christ is with you, you can have his blessings. And if you have taken God to be your father, then you can know for sure this is a promise from God. Like I don't just take a random passage and just give it out. I know the Lord has given this message for this group for tonight, for 2014, a promise from God, that God will be with you throughout 2014. And God will establish you. God will exalt you. God will prosper you. Isn't that a wonderful promise God is giving? Some of us have that little blank stare. <laughs> is it really true? Is he really going to establish me? Is he really going to settle me? Is he really going to prosper me? Is he really going to establish me, exalt me? The Lord says, yes. If you believe, just like how Jesus turned and looked to Mary. And he said, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. In your life, if you believe, you shall see this come to pass. You will see this come to pass. So, what did Jehoshaphat do? We just go through that very quickly and then I'm going to go over the blessing. Because I don't want to go over the blessing without going over the condition, right? We always look at, when you buy something, we always see the terms and conditions, right? We don't, my son was saying, a lot of people just scroll quickly, right? When you want to sign up for something, they just scroll quickly the terms and conditions. They don't even bother to read. 
and they just hit okay because they want the product so badly. Sometimes, after some time, they don't know. They got caught into something because they really didn't read that fine print. With God, we cannot scroll like that. We have to read every word that is written in the Word of God. You know why? Satan will try to trick you. He will bring God's Word bits and pieces and he will try to trick you. But if you know your manual well, you will not only survive, you will overcome. Just like how Jesus did. He turned around and he told Satan, it is written. So we need to know the Word of God. So what did Jehoshaphat do? What did he really do? Chapter 17, verse 3. 17 verse 3. Jehoshaphat, he sought not unto Baal, but he sought the Lord. So we're going to read verse 3. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. So he had a choice. He had a choice. He was living in Israel where you had lots of idols, Baal. He had a choice. Shall I worship Baal? Shall I worship Jehovah, the Lord God. Shall I worship Baal? Or shall I really worship the almighty living God? We do have a choice to make every day in our lives. Every day. You know, a lot of times our idol can be this culture. A lot of times. If we really look at it, it's really a messed up culture. This was not like this though. Somewhere down the line, people started following the ways of the enemy. Character is gone, morality is gone, everything is gone, self-worth is gone, who we are, the value for oneself is also gone. But we stop and we say, am I going to follow this culture? Am I going to follow the living God? Am I going to follow God's culture? What God says in his word? Am I going to really take the word of God, take it seriously, and see what God says about a particular matter? Whether it is clothing, whether it's dancing, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs, whether it's whatever it is. What is God telling this word? Right? We don't want man's opinion. We don't want our own opinion. We want God's opinion on a matter. For that, he has given us his word. So we take his word. We read it. We read it. We read each and every word and take it seriously and say, Lord, I want to know your heart. I really want to know your heart. I want to know what you think about this. And the Lord is very pleased. God will never say, okay, you want to know my heart? Search for some more. You know, I want to make myself like a bigger hero, you know, like a tough person, hard to get. God never plays that. When you seek him, he says, you'll find me. I'm right here because I'm right here. Like I said, we turned our backs to the Lord. We turned our faces from him. That's what God says in his word. But, when we choose to turn our faces toward God again, then the Lord says, I'm right here. Like the prodigal son, how he ran away from his father. Father was waiting. He was waiting. He was far away. He made his choice to run as far as he could until he said, I really got to get back. And then the father was waiting with wide open arms. That's how God is. God never hides himself. He never says, you're like this. I want to let you cry for some more time. You know, sometimes parents do that in order to teach a lesson. I don't say it's always right or always wrong, but we look at the Lord. The moment you say sorry to God, God takes you right back. 
no matter how many times you offended him. That's the love of Jesus Christ. Can you see a person more loving than God? No. He always says, no matter what you did, come back to me. But he expects us to stay with him. We don't want somebody coming to us in the back of their mind saying, okay, I'm going to just be with them for one week and then I'm going to run away somewhere else. We don't want anybody like that. We want a true commitment. We want a loyal heart. We want truth in the inward parts. We don't want somebody coming. You don't want, nobody wants to have a relationship with a habitual liar. How many of you really want to have a relationship with a habitual liar? No. No. God does not want either. God does not want us to have a lying relationship with him. We cannot lie to the Lord, number one. Number two, we'll be fooling our own self. So when we come to God, we come with, number one, integrity in our hearts. That's what Jehoshaphat had. <coughs> Jehoshaphat made a clear-cut part with Baal. Baal is an idol. In the Old Testament, it was an idol where the children of Canaan worshipped. You know what the Israelites did when they went to the land of Canaan? They started following the ways of the heathen. They started following the ways of Canaanites and started worshipping Baal. And this is where Jehoshaphat says, I'm going to part with Baal. So in our lives, whatever idol we know, we may not be really having a big Baal statue in front of us, but for some of us, me could be an idol. The capital M and the capital E, or capital I, you can say. Morning, get up. How do I look? How do I feel? Everybody's hurting me. I'm the only one. And constantly thinking about myself. An obsession with one's own self. That can be your idol. For somebody else, gossip could be an idol. For somebody else, self-pity could be an idol. So whatever you're obsessed with is your idol. Whatever you feel that you cannot give up is, an idol, is your idol. So when God comes and puts a finger on it and you say, Lord, it's too hard for me, that's your idol. When you make a choice when it comes to whether God or whatever you want to do, if you leave God and you make a choice, if you choose something else, that's your idol. So it's, it's so easy for us to identify what our idol is. So in Jehoshaphat's case, he completely left Baal and he sought the Lord. How did he do that? Verse 6, he did not worship Baal. So he had a true commitment. And let's read verse 6. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. He removed pagan shrines and Asherah poles from Judah. So his father, Asa, he removed the Asherah poles. Whatever idol was there, he removed all those things he did. He left the pagan shrines. And the people of Israel started going, offering sacrifices again because the shrines were open. So in your life and in my life, sometimes we can say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to give up lying. I'm going to give up alcohol. I'm giving up smoking. You know what? We'll have other things that actually lay the foundation to this bigger problem. So tonight the Lord says, whatever it is in your heart, where you say, this is not that big, when we think this sin is not that big, that sin is not that big. I can live with it. I think God will be okay with it. Those things are your shrines. If you don't destroy your shrines, it will destroy you. 
But if you say, Lord, I'm going to destroy not only the idols in my life, I'm going to destroy the place that holds the idol, the shrine itself. Whatever I was actually idolizing, whatever was leading me to idolize that, I'm going to destroy that. Number one, that's what Jehoshaphat did. That's what you and I need to do. 2013, before we enter into 2014, we got to make a clear decision. Lord, as for me and myself, I will serve you. It's going to be 100% following Jesus Christ. Not quarter, not half, not three-fourth. 100%. That's when you really decide, I'm going to destroy not only the idols, but the shrines. I'm going to destroy. Number two, let's read verse... Um, four, he gave importance to the word of God. So, number one, we remove the idols out of our lives. Number two, we replace it with God's word. We can't just take something out and just leave it void, right? We have to fill that place with something, which is God's word. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So if you have that word stored in your heart, you're having Jesus in your heart. You know that? When you read your Bible, look to find the Jesus in your Bible. Don't think, okay, I'm just reading something, okay? I'm trying to fulfill my duty one chapter a day or, or one section somebody told me to read. But really take time to find the heart of God in God's word. God will reveal himself to you. And so from verse 4, I want to read. What did Jehoshaphat do? See how much he actually did how much effort he actually took to turn his ways, to really show the Lord that he is with him. Verse 4 onwards, He sought his father's God and obeyed his commandments instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. I want to just stop here for a second. So he actually followed the living God and majority of the people in his kingdom, what were they doing? They were practicing evil. He said, even if majority of the people practice evil, I'm going to follow Jesus. So in our circumstances, whether you're here or after some months or after some years, I don't know when, you'll be out of here. When you go out, you're going to be in the real world. When you go out into the real world, you're going to face real people. So when you face real people and real circumstances, if you do not have this resolve in your heart, you will go back to where you came from. But if you have this resolve in your heart and you say, Lord, even if the rest of the world does evil, I will choose to follow you faithfully. Integrity is the key. I think last time when I came and I spoke about Daniel, I said integrity was the first point. Integrity is very, very important. If we want God to bless us, we need to have integrity. We need to be people who have integrity. If we don't have integrity, God cannot count on us. Man cannot count on us. We need to have integrity. So when we have integrity, what will we do? We will say, Lord, I will serve you. We're not going to follow icons, people who have no integrity. We're not going to aspire to look or behave like people who have no integrity. Our example and our model should be the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the only person who is 100% faithful. He's the only one who is 100% true. So, K 
Keep him as your example. Keep him as your standard. And somebody can say, oh, that's a very high standard. I don't think I can achieve. But you know what? Do you know what is God's goal for you? His goal for you is to be like a little Jesus. He wants you to look like him. When somebody looks like, looks at you, he wants them to say, oh, this is his daughter. We just don't want to have the last name and act like the devil. We don't want, right? We want to have his image also. That is his purpose. That is God's purpose for you and me, to look like him. You know when a baby is born, a lot of times people look at the baby. This looks like the dad, this looks like the mom. Some people say this looks like the grandpa, it has grandpa's ears. Oh no, it looks like grandpa's nose. It, looks, it has aunt's eyes. They can say all those things. But do you know the baby changes? From a newborn, every day the baby grows, features starts changing. Sometimes first year it looks like the dad, second year it looks like the mom. Third year, it'll have a combination of both. As it grows, only when the child really, really grows up, you can really tell exactly who it's going to resemble. We like that. When we are born in the family of God, remember, though, we need to have some resemblance of our Heavenly Father. If we say, I'm born in the family of God, and I resemble like the next door person, then something is wrong. So if we say, I'm born in the family of God, I need to have some portion of the resemblance of our Abba Father need to be loving like him. We need to be truthful like him. We need to be compassionate like him. Now everything doesn't come instantly. Like a baby changes. He works in us. He changes. Every day we change. You know what? Every day you have to spend with your father. Every day you have to spend time with him. We've heard stories, right? Like how somebody can be born in a certain family. Then somebody comes and adopts the child. The child can be born in China or India or somewhere else, Africa, and somebody comes and takes the child and they bring the child to America. Okay? After a few years, the child grows up in the adopted parent's house. What do you think the child would be doing? Even if the child has a resemblance of the birth mother, birth parents, the whole mindset, the culture, the clothing, the mannerisms, do you think it will resemble the birth parents? No. It's going to depend on where the environment, which environment the child is growing. So the child will be talking just like the adopted parents, the child will be behaving you know, just like them. That's the same way. No matter where we've come from, we come into the family of God. God adopts us into his family. Amen. We have to choose to spend time with him. We don't spend time with him, then our mannerisms will become like whoever we spend time with. If we spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ, then our behavior will become like him. Now somebody can have this question, I know this question is going in somebody's mind. How do I spend time with him? It's not like a real person. I can't like sit with him and talk with him. How do I spend time with him, right? God is a real person, number one. We don't know that he's a real person. Know this for sure. He's a real person. When I grew up, um, when I was in high school, I always saw the Lord as a real person. So any prize I used to get, I used to take that, I used to come to my room, I said, Jesus, look what you gave me. My medals, my cups, I used to show to the Lord. Now, you need to have in your mind that he's there, Right? You're not hallucinating over here. I really knew God was there, you know? God used to speak to me. 
God used to lead me. So when you know God is there, then your whole relationship with God changes. It's not becoming like, okay, I'm a churchgoer. I never used to go to church, now I become a churchgoer. Does it make any difference in your life and my life? No. Anybody can go to church, right? But only God can change our hearts. Only God can show that He is there. And God is a God who speaks. So when you talk to Him, give room for the Lord to speak to you. A lot of times we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm so tired. Lord, I'm so messed up. I'm so miserable. Lord, I want this, I want that. Lord, I love you, I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we get up. What's the next thing to do? La, 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 la. And we go about our daily work. We do not give room for God to speak. Unless we speak. Imagine you pick up your telephone and you want to talk to your mom or to your best friend. And you call and say, hi, mom, I did this today. Hi, mom, I played. I, my mom is reading this. Oh, you know, this was so, by the way, it was so nice talking to you. Bye. What is it? Is that a conversation? Is it a conversation? No, that's not a conversation. Conversation has to be two-way, right? It's never a one-way conversation. You cannot have a one-way conversation. That means you just, you're just doing like a little child. Even little children when they pretend play. My um, you know, daughter just turned six. When she pretend plays, she picks up the phone and she'll talk like how I talk to my husband. So she'll say, hi, daddy. You know, when are you coming home? And you know, this and that she'll say. But she won't be talking by herself. She'll have the other voice where she'll talk like my husband. <laughs> And she'll talk. So even a child knows conversation is both ways. So when we converse with God, it has to be two ways. So we can never say, okay, I'm just going to read a chapter. I prayed. I did my duty. Now God will bless me. God sees that. God is a good God. He'll bless you for that. He's never going to say, okay, I don't take that. You know what? We lose. We lose from knowing what a good relationship we can have with Jesus Christ. How God can talk to us, how God can walk with us, how God can bless us, how God can reveal to us. God speaks to us through dreams. God speaks to us through vision. God speaks to us through His Word. God primarily speaks to us through His Word. Even if it is dreams or vision, it has to be based on God's Word. So, God speaks. So we need to build that relationship with Jesus Christ. And God will be very faithful to you as you continue to walk with Him. So Jehoshaphat, he gave importance to God's word. Going back to God's word, Gesed, Jesus is the word of God. You cannot separate God's word from Jesus Christ. It's like saying, oh, your voice is different. It's separate from you. Whatever you speak is separate from you. Can we separate that? No. Because our emotions, our thoughts, they come out as words and it proceeds from us, right? You cannot separate us. That's what the Bible is. God's word cannot be separated from God. Jesus is his word. Beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. If you honor His Word, He will honor you. There was a missionary in India. He came from a very poor family. He got saved. He got beat up because he came from a Hindu religion. He was chased away from his home. But with whatever clothes he had, he started going and giving the gospel. All through his youth, he was giving the gospel. God blessed him. God anointed him. God used him mightily. In his later years, he said, in my younger days, he said, I used to carry this Bible. In my older years, the Bible is carrying me. Amen. God is faithful. He's very, very true. God is very true. He gives exactly in proportion <coughs> to our faithfulness. So faithfulness is very, very important. And Jehoshaphat was very faithful to the Lord. 
And he showed it by, number one, destroying the idols and the shrines. Number two, he gave importance to the word of God. To what extent did he give importance to the word of God? We're just going to read, and we'll quickly read, and we're going to close in a few minutes with going through the promises. I'm not going to close without the promises. So we're just going to quickly go through that. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commandments. Verse 4, chapter 17. And it says, he walked in obedience to the word of God and not lived like the rest of the Israelites. So we're going to read. I'm going to go quickly through verse 7 to 9. In the third year of his reign, Jehoshaphat sent his officials to teach all the towns of Judah. So he's realizing these people did not have the word of God. Now I'm going to give them the word of God. That's how important it is. My people need to know God's word. So he's sending officials to teach the word of God. I'm not going to go through all the names over here. Now these are the people he sent out, basically, to teach the word of God. So verse 9, go to verse 9. Verse 9 says, They took copies of the book of the law of the Lord and traveled around through all, all the towns of Judah, teaching the people. So, he sent some people to teach, and then he sent some more people, priests, to go and teach each person about the Word of God. If you don't hear God's Word, you're not going to know it. If you don't read God's Word, you're not going to know it. So, God's Word is very crucial. So, he felt, this is very important. This is too important for me to miss it. This is too important for my people to miss it. He can't just prosper by himself, right? If he has to prosper, his whole country has to prosper. He's a king. So he made sure each person got the word of God. So that's all we have to be. We have to give importance to God's word. Now, if you have not given importance to God's word, up until now, it's not okay, but it's okay. Because we're going to start fresh. We're going to say, Lord, I have been lazy to read your word. That's true. For many of us, we are lazy to read God's word. We'll say, oh, I have to read this now. This duty, or somebody told me to read this many chapters, or somebody told me to read on fasting, or read on this, read on that. But in order to get something, you always have to work, right? You don't get anything without working. Whether it's a sport, or whether it's music, whether it's a job, education, whatever it is, you need to work hard, right? There's a big difference between somebody who's partying all the time than somebody who's really practicing to become a basketball star or an Olympic athlete or somebody who becomes a musician, right? like an excellent piano player, or somebody who wants to become a doctor. So it always pays off. You see, one partying, the other one will be studying or practicing. At the end, one will be still partying, the other one will be at the top. So when it comes to God, we need to make some effort. Whether we feel it's boring or not. Pick up the Bible. Amen. I would really challenge you. Because it's not boring. It is not boring. It's only boring to those who don't know what it is. Until you start to... You know, I never liked broccoli. I never liked broccoli until I got pregnant with my first child. Then I started eating broccoli because it has calcium. Baby needs it. I started eating broccoli, and soon, I liked broccoli. <laughs> I started liking broccoli. Then I started putting broccoli in everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> really need to make that effort. Really need to make the effort to know God, to see what is in God's Word. And another example I want to give my um, five-year-old. She couldn't read before. You know, not because you know, she didn't know how to read. Basically, you know, we had to teach her how to read. So any child, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old, we teach them letters and alphabets. And she knew her letters, but we were teaching her how to put words together. 
once she started getting it, you know the excitement she had? She was so happy. Before she would ask, Mommy, what does this say? What does that say? You know, when she sees S, immediately she'll guess and say some word, which is not that word. But now she'll say S, T, st, up, stop, stop, Mommy. I don't know how to read. <laughs> excitement. You know why? Because now you know. You didn't know before. Now you know. Same way with God. Pick up that Bible and read it, please. Will you do it in the new year? So don't wait till the new year, though. Don't wait till January 1st to say, okay, she came and said, start reading from new year. So from new year, I'm going to read. Read now. Today is the day. Pick up your Bible and read. You won't know how precious God is. God is too precious. God is too precious for you to miss him. He's too precious. Pick up your Bible and read. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking. A lot of you are missing the blessing of God because you're just missing him. He's right there. Don't miss him. Don't miss another day. Another day can never be redeemed. Know that? What is gone is gone. You can try to mend, make amends the future. But each and every day that is gone, it's gone. It's gone forever. My daughter had her sixth birthday. We said, say goodbye to five. You can never be five. I was just joking with I said, even if you stand upside down, we said, even if you cry all you want, you can never be a five-year-old. You can never be a five-year-old, right? No matter how hard we try, certain things are irreversible. Time is such. You can never gain the time that you've lost. But, like I said, whatever is gone is gone, right? You can't cry over it. But we need to have certain measure of grief so that we don't waste time anymore. So whatever time is there, be intentional. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to know you. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to have this most lovable, loving person, generous person. All the Messiah, all my life, never got to know him. But we want to know him. Okay, so I just want to go through. Now we saw the two conditions. One is, it's basically one condition. That is, you seek God, and within that falls two categories. One is, you destroy your idol, that only I can do, right? Nobody can come and destroy my idol, I have to do that. Destroy my idol, destroy my shrine that holds the idol. That means you eradicate completely what is between you and God. Number one. Number two, you get into God's word. Give importance to God's word. You give priority High priority to God's will. If it's like an emergency, how will you treat it? Treat God like that. Not just when you are really desperate, you cry, and after that, do your own thing. That's not being faithful. If you're being faithful, then you'll be faithful at all times. So pray, ask the Lord. If you're not faithful, some of you can have a burden and say, Lord, I don't feel faithful. I don't feel that I'm faithful. I don't feel I can ever be faithful. If that's you, then God says, I can make you faithful. You know that? God never wants anyone to despair, you know, get into despair. Become desperate to the point that I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to make it. The Lord says, if you cannot do it, come to me. I will make it. But you have to come to me every day, right? Like we said, as long as we spend time with somebody, our talk will become like them, our walk will become like them, our mannerisms will become like them. Everything becomes like them. So choose who you want to spend 
this life with, that will determine who you're going to spend your eternity with. And so, I recommend Jesus Christ. He's the best. So the blessing that God has for us for 2013 is, the Lord will establish you. God will establish you. 14, I'm sorry, 14. <laughs> I'm in 2013. So, last few days and for the new year. 2014, verse 1 and 2. Jehoshaphat's Asa's son became the next king. Let's read 17. We're going to close in the next couple of minutes. First Chronicles chapter 17. Second Chronicles chapter 17. Verses 1 and 2. Then Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, became the next king. He strengthened Judah to stand against any attack from Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified towns of Judah, and he assigned additional garrisons to the land of Judah and to the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. But whatever he captured, God made him to really fortify it. And you see, the first one, he strengthened Judah to stand against any attack. That means he was like almost like immovable. Nobody can really come and fight and overcome him. That's how much like he strengthened himself. And if you look at the other verses all the way to the end, you will see all the number of troops he had and his strength. You know who did that for him? Who did that for him? God did that for him. That's why, like how we have like a like a, in an essay, we always have like the first portion, right? When we write, we really write like the thesis. You know what is the whole thing about? Like that, God had in this verse, verse three to five. It was a short summary of how God blessed him because he followed God because God was with him. So God will be with you in two thousand fourteen. Do you want to choose him to be with you? Do you want to choose to be with him 2014 and the rest of your life? If he is going to be with you, then he will establish you this coming year. God will establish you. In what way, I don't know. But like I said, this is for you. Whatever way God has for you, hold on to him. Even if things look like it's not going to happen, say, Lord, you promised this day. Next year it could be February, next year it could be March, next year it could be April. But tell the Lord, Lord, you promised this day, on January, on December 29th, that you will establish me. Hold on to the promises of God. Like a little child, say, Mommy, you told me that you're going to get this for me. You're going to get this. My child will keep on telling until I get it. She will not stop. I tell her, you already told me. I'm just trying to remind you, Mommy. Within like next two Minutes, less than two minutes, she'll come and remind again. Be like a child. Hold on to the promises of God. We are humans, we forget. God does not forget. But you know, he takes delight when you go to him and ask him. That's why he said, ask and it shall be given. Ask and it shall be given. And so Jehoshaphat received God's grace and abundance. God established him in his country, in his kingdom. God made him so strong the extent that he had a lot of troops, he had everything in place, no shortage. Number two, God exalted him. All the people of Judah, I'm going to read verse 10 and verse 11. 2 Chronicles 17, 10 and 11. All the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat. We're going to read that. 
Then the fear of the Lord fell over all the surrounding kingdoms, so that none of them wanted to declare war on Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought him gifts and silver as tribute, and Arabs brought 7,700 rams and 7,700 male goats. So we see why he was given gifts. It says the fear of the Lord fell on all the surrounding regions. That means they saw this kingdom was so powerful. This Jehoshaphat was the king of that powerful kingdom. They said, we better be in good terms with him. So they all started bringing gifts to him. God exalted Jehoshaphat to that level. Now you and I, God wants to exalt. You know why? When we get exalted, who gets exalted? He He gets exalted. It's not for us, love. Otherwise, we'll become selfish people again. He wants to exalt us so that people will see who exalted us. He exalted us. That's why God's word says, He picked me out of the mighty clay. Set my feet on the rock. He has to do that. Without Him doing, we cannot do that ourselves. So 2014, God will exalt you. Whatever capacity, whatever position God has for you, God will exalt you. When you feel, Lord, I don't feel, I don't think I can even lift my head up, the Lord says, I will pick you up and I will raise you. That's what God does. Whatever our circumstances, God will exalt you. Sometimes we feel like, Lord, I feel beat up over and over again. I don't even feel like lifting my head up. This is a promise for you. God says, 2014, I will exalt you. So that you can exalt Jesus Christ. The last promise I want to say is, Verse 12 to 19, I know there's a lot in there about how many troops he had and everything. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just you can go over it. You know, when you go back to your rooms today, you know, you can just go over this chapter. The Lord prospered him. He became very wealthy and highly esteemed because of all the gifts and all the honor that he got. He has a lot of money, you know, so to speak. They had a lot of gold. Those days, you know, how much animals you have how much horses you have, how much goats you have. So he had lots of property in his kingdom. So God prospered him. We want God to prosper us, right? We don't want to be all the time counting change, right? We don't want to be, oh, I don't know if my bank account is going to bounce. How many of us had that experience? <laughs> we don't know, oh, Lord. I gave a check over here, you know, I don't know, like going to the supermarket trying to, credit card, one is not working, two is not working. Oh, everybody's looking. It's embarrassing. We don't want that. Right? We don't want that. God is not a pauper. Our Father is not a pauper. But sometimes, God is a good Father. He waits for us to become responsible. To give into our hands. You know what? Not for us just to have poured on ourselves and enjoy. He wants to be, just like Him, to be a giver. Give to the Lord and give to people in need. So God will make you a blessing. The reason God wants to prosper you is to make you a blessing. He wants to prosper you in order for you to prosper others. So God will make you a blessing. You know how a fountain is? A fountain springs water. And from that, you get more water all around. Everybody drinks from that fountain. So in a nutshell, God wants to make you a fountain. 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 2014, God wants to make you a fountain. 
God wants to make you a fountain for Jesus Christ. Filled with that living spring from that well, Jesus Christ. Shall we just close our eyes? Jesus. I know the Lord has spoken to us in a special way. I know God has touched different areas in our lives. It's time for us to refresh our commitment to the Lord. God has brought us to the end of this year with all our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The Lord, take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord shows some of you have trouble with Jesus. With your lips, controlling your tongue. If there is you, ask the Lord for forgiveness and say, Lord, cleanse my lips, O oh Lord. Cleanse my lips. And some of you, the Holy Spirit says, have a double tongue. Speak about one person one way and then go and talk about them entirely a different way. God does not want that. This is a time of cleansing. Hallelujah. This is a time of reflecting on 2013. Hallelujah. God wants to bless each one of us. Each one of us who are gathered over here. God wants to bless us in a very special way. God wants to establish you. God wants to exalt you. God wants to prosper you. Hallelujah. Will you allow him to do that for you in your life? Put away all bitterness. Let 2013 go. Put away all bitterness along with 2013. Enter into 2014 with a renewed commitment. With renewed mind. Hallelujah. To stay true to God. Faithful to God. Faithful to God. Faithful to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's what I long for Faithfulness is what I need Jesus Faithfulness Faithfulness is what you want from me Faithfulness Faithfulness is what I long for Oh, 
Get up. 
complete opposite. If that is you, you don't have to raise your hand. In your heart, tell the Lord, Lord, I am vexed and I'm tired of living this way. Lord, I want to be a straightforward person. Lord, I have lived a life manipulating, lived a life of manipulation. Lord, I don't know, I don't even know who I am anymore. If that is you, open your mouth and tell the Lord, Lord, change me. We're going to sing this song one more time. Open your mouth and tell the Lord. We don't have to be shy in God's presence. It is there we receive our freedom. It is there we get liberated. It is there we get set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Jesus is here to set us free. Hallelujah. He is here to give us life, brand new life. Hallelujah. Set us free from duplicity. Hallelujah. Set us free from habitual lying. Hallelujah. Give us the freedom that we need in our thought life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Change my Contact us at prayer at LBFL International Ministries. That's prayer at LBFL International Ministries. Or you may phone us at 001-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at LBFL International Ministries, PO Box 966. Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. On the web, please visit us at www.lbethelinternationalministries.org. 